0: Well done, Richard. What a great uh, capsule or picture of Easter, uh, that no matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, there's this word redemption that changes everything. There's this word grace that changes everything. There's this word forgiveness that changes everything. So I want to talk to you this morning, obviously, about Easter, and if you only come to church on Easter, you might notice that there's a recurring theme at Easter, Jesus rose from the grave. And uh, and this morning I wanted to take a moment and to kind of explore what if Easter didn't happen? What if you deleted his Easter from the history books? You know, what if you were able to just you know jettison Easter and and delete it? What would life actually look like? And in fact, maybe even not deleting Easter. What if you even deleted the resurrection? What if the grave never fully opened? What if instead of opening, it was actually shut on the resurrection of Jesus? Would it make any difference? Now, it's interesting. When you go back in history, there's historians. I'm going to let my nerdy side out here a little bit this morning. There's this thing called alternative history, and historians practice it. It's where they go back, and I want you to imagine with me, I had the power to delete any moment in history. I could open up the world history books and press delete. The way you tell if something significant in life is, if you deleted it, would it change much in your present life? Would it make a significant difference or not? So historians do this all the time. They identify a, a moment or an event, and they hypothetically delete it, and they call it the point of uh, divergence, and then they extrapolate what the changes will be throughout history to see what is the significance of this moment. So you can buy and complete books on this. Now, I'm, again, I'm letting up my nerdy side. You know, you can buy a book on what if the Nazis had won World War II. And it's historians talking about what would be the domino effect. They call it the ripple effect that would have happened if that event had happened that way. What if, what if the Titanic had not sunk? What if the quiet revolution hadn't happened in Quebec? You know, what if the cure for polio had never been discovered? What would be the significance on today? So what we're going to do is look at what if the resurrection never happened. Now, if you have a Bible, a smartphone, or a tablet, I'd invite you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, because Paul effectively does this. He practices alternative history when he talks about what if the resurrection never happened? What would be the difference today? Now, before we jump even into the biblical part, but we're going to look at a number of verses there. Uh, We're going to actually look at some of the cultural significance of that. You know, if the resurrection had never happened, let's say Easter had been deleted. You know what you could do? You could delete a lot of hospitals, a lot of hospitals. In fact, the historical accounts are very significant that most of the hospitals that were started for the common man, for everyday person, was started out of Christian community. Because part of the central ethos of, of, of a true Christian is a desire to help those who are hurting. A desire to bring healing and health and wholeness. So you could go ahead and delete a lot of hospitals right around the world if, if you deleted Easter. You know what you could also delete? You could delete a lot of schools. And all the kids said? <laughs> hey, now you graduate. I heard that voice. You <laughs> now Not all schools, but significant schools. Schools like Oxford and Yale and Princeton. University of Toronto, Concordia University, all of those schools were started by Christians to teach people about God's word. It's pretty amazing. So you could delete all those schools. You could delete a lot of things along that line. You know what you could delete also is a lot of orphanages, feeding centers, homeless shelters. You could go ahead and delete those. Now, historically, uh, if you were here a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how Jesus came to end all religion. And so religion sometimes produces things that make us skeptical. And if you're skeptical in this room, we understand that. But when you go back into the actual historical narrative, you recognize there's a lot of things done by true Christians that change people's lives forever. Uh, There's a great book. Uh, Because if you're that skeptical type person, I always love to give you a resource. If you truly want truth, then you'll probably go looking for it. But there's a Dr. Rodney Stark is a a university professor from Baylor University. And he's done this significant work about how historically actual Christendom, true Christianity, has brought, uh, wherever it's gone, has brought dignity to people. It's always raised the standard of living, educationally and healthcare-wise. Suffice to say, if there's no Easter, we would see a significant difference in this world that we live in today. We would see it right away. But it doesn't just end there. Without Easter, you'd have to delete hope. You'd have to delete hope. Turn to 1 Corinthians 15, if if you're there. Look at verse 14. This is what Paul says. And if Christ has not been raised, raised, then our preaching is in vain or useless, and your faith is in vain or useless. In other words, he's saying, everybody in this room, If Christ hasn't really risen from the grave, then your faith is meaningless. I love how the message version puts it because I think it's more poignant. He says this, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then everything that you've you've staked your life on is smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors. Then there's no salvation. There's no power for salvation. There's no power for eternal life. There's no hope. There's a great Christian author, Philip Yancey, and he tells a story of going to a funeral. And at the funeral, the family and friends gathered around the casket. There were no words shared. There was no song sung. And at an appointed time, they took a mint out of their pocket and they put it in their mouth. And they let it dissolve. And once the mint dissolved, they turned around and walked away. And it was a metaphor of how they viewed life. You live your life, it dissolves, and it's done. And that's true if there's no Easter. If there's no Easter, then you can delete heaven. No place of no sickness, no pain, no sadness, no crying, no eternity. And if you delete heaven, you can delete reunions. Some of us in this room have lost loved ones, and you're looking forward to a day when you'll be reunited with them. But if if you delete Easter, there's no reuniting. There's no reunions that take place because the significance of it is lost without Easter. Without Easter, there's no ultimate healing. That moment when our bodies will be fully restored. Some of us who are in their mid-40s and up, I count myself there, you know, starting to feel aches that I never felt in my 20s. I don't know what's going on. I notice now I need glasses. Have you noticed that I hold my notes a little bit further out from me these days? You you know, it's funny. All of those things will be restored to us, but you know I think even more significant? How about our emotions that have been so wounded? How how about some of us who have struggled with anxiety, and it's not just uh, an anxious thing, it's, it's it's a condition that you're dealing with in life. Here's the promise of eternity. Because of the resurrection, one day our emotions are healed, our bodies are healed, our spirits are healed, our minds are healed. This is the restoration moment. But without Easter, we don't experience that. Look at verse 17. Paul goes on to say, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. If you delete Easter, you delete God's forgiveness and grace. You delete, uh, you're still dead in your sins. You're still, owe a penalty for your sins. In 2013, I don't know if you guys saw this in the news, there was a man named Cornelius Anderson. And Cornelius Anderson had been convicted in the year 2000 of armed robbery, and he was guilty. He was totally guilty. At his sentencing, the judge sent him home with an order when he receives instructions to report to a penitentiary in Missouri, because that's where he's from. He went home, if you know the story, in the year 2000, and they forgot about him. And days went by, weeks went by, years went by, and Cornelius Anderson never reported to prison because the correctional service never gave him any instructions. So he got married. He had three beautiful kids. He learned carpentry. He started his own business. He, got, he paid his taxes. He bought a home. He actually he, he got his driver's license. He renewed his license on time. You could call him a model citizen. But in July 2013, the Missouri Correctional Services Department realized they made a mistake. And they sent a SWAT team to his door with fully automatic weapons. And they dragged him off the prison. It's interesting, when they interviewed his attorney, his attorney said this, I told him, (laughs) I told him that one day they were going to come for him, so he needed to be ready. See, I think without Easter, life would be a lot like that. I mean, I'm probably like you. I try to do more good than bad. I try to, I try to, I want to live a life that's changing and moving forward. And maybe if you're like me, you have a moment where you kind of hope that you do more good than bad in life so that at the end of your life. But, but you know. You know that someday someone's coming knocking. You know someday there's going to be a pounding at the door because we will all pay. But Easter says you're free from that. Easter says you've got God's grace. Easter says that actually it's been paid in full for you. And this is where a lot of Christians, and even people who are on the outside in the peripheral looking at Christians at Easter time, they kind of scratch their head and they say, okay, let me do the math on this. Good Friday is when Jesus died to pay for your sins. Yeah, yeah, okay. So why did he need to raise from the dead? What was the significance then of Easter Sunday? If your sins are paid for, and that's your greatest need, why Easter? Think of it this way. Think of it this way. The cross was payment for your sins. But the resurrection completed the transaction. Because if Jesus did not raise from the grave, if he did not conquer death, he'd have no power over death and life. So our lives would ultimately not be raised up. You know, uh, I, I, I think of it a lot like a store in Montreal. There's this store in Montreal that I will not name. It will be anonymous. I don't care what if you try to drag it out of me. I'm not going to name the store. But, but they sell like 50-pound bags of flour and 5-pound bags of gummy worms. Rhymes with Bosco, but I'm not going to tell you the name <laughs> of the store. But the store uh, makes me always a little nervous because you make your purchase at the cash register, and then you're to take that receipt to the door because you're not getting out with the goods you paid for unless you have the receipt. This is, uh, some of you may have never experienced Bosco, but this is the thing that makes me nervous because I lose these receipts. I lose, I lose little pieces of paper. I don't think God made them to be so small. They should be this size. I'd be good with this. But, but when you get to the door, they look over the receipt and they recognize everything in your cart is paid in full. Think of Easter like that. Easter's your receipt. Easter's your receipt that when you sin, when you're broken, when things are going wrong, it validates, it validates, it affirms that this has been paid for. When your guilty, overactive uh, conscience is telling you you're condemned, you're reminded because of Easter that in fact, God's grace, no matter what we've done, God's grace is greater than it. But if you delete Easter, you delete freedom. From your past sins and your past mistakes, if you delete Easter, if you delete Easter, you, re- you you delete redemption and redemption think of redemption this way. it's all the broken pieces, and God puts them back together and makes something beautiful out of them. Remember Humpty Dumpty? yeah, well, he never experienced God because God takes the most broken and he is able to put them back together again and this is the moment of redemption that without Easter we don't have that without Easter, you can delete forgiveness. We're still being held for our sins. Someday someone's going to come pounding at our door demanding justice. Without Easter, there's no grace. There's no grace that's been purchased on our behalf. God's riches at Christ's expense. We don't get to experience it. Without Easter, there's no purpose. Look at verse 32 in First Corinthians chapter 15. Paul is kind of telling us, he's saying this. Listen, if, there's no resu- if Jesus wasn't raised from the grave, there's no resurrection for the dead. If there's no resurrection for the dead, you're not going to rise from the grave. And he goes on to say, so what does it really matter how you live? Listen to how he says it in verse 32. If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. I mean, that's fair, isn't it? If you have no direction and no hope for tomorrow, if there's no promise of something beyond this, that's a fair assessment. Eat, drink, (laughs) because tomorrow you'll die. Because what does it matter how you live and how you love if there's no Easter? You know, when I was 18, I, I was going on a humanitarian trip to Dominican and, and Haiti. And it was an American organization that was putting together, and they mailed the tickets to me. Yes, kids, this is before the Internet. And you actually had to lick a stamp and put it in an envelope. It was crazy back then. That was archaic, I know. And these, these tickets arrived, and they were wrong. Uh, it had me flying out of St. John's, Newfoundland uh, to Miami, landing in Miami 30 minutes later. So I called them up. they were in Colorado. I said, hey, uh, my name is Jonathan Smith. Uh, you made a mistake on my air flight tickets. Well, how can we help you, Mr. Smith? I thought, nobody's ever called me Mr. I was 18 at the time. I was feeling pretty good then. I said, well, you had me flying out of St. John's, Newfoundland. And they said, is there a problem with that? I said, yeah, I'm from St. John, New Brunswick. They said, well, it's the same thing, isn't it? Well, I said, you know, if I got in my car and I took a boat, it'd take me 22 hours to get there. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll take care of that. And I said, I also noticed that you had me landing in Miami 30 minutes later. And they said, is, is there a problem with that? And I said, yep. On the map, they only look a few inches apart, but, but that's a 30-hour drive. It's going to take me a lot longer to get there. You know, when you're headed somewhere, close enough is not close enough. Your destination actually matters. And your target and goal matters. Otherwise, where are you going? What are you doing? What does it matter how you live? What does it matter what you do? But see, the thing with Easter is Easter gives us a direction. It gives us a, a, a purpose in life, and it gives us a destination in life. So without e- Easter, we lose meaning. We lose meaning. What is this life all about? You ever scratch your head? I think every one of us have had a moment where we thought, is this it? come on is this it you know you you lose motivation then in life that motivation because what what are we doing this for you'll, you'll lose purpose in life you know and i'm not saying that you don't do purposeful things in your life but i'm saying that if you don't if without the resurrection without easter we do things that will not last that's why maybe like Mick Jagger, we can't get no satisfaction you know, because you've you maybe you played the same movie. You know, if I only get the girl, if I get the guy, if I get the job, if I get the promotion. And you get some of those things and you get there and you go, is that it? <laughs> is that all there was to it? Because Easter gives a meaning and purpose and dimension and satisfaction that you and I were never created to know outside of being orientated around the person of Jesus. Look at verse 19, what he says. If in Christ we have hope in this life, in other words, there's no resurrection from the dead, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. This is a verse nobody preaches on. I'll tell you why. Because there's lots of Christians who will come up to you and say, listen, even if God is not real, even if Jesus is not real and he didn't raise from the grave, I lived a good life and I'm happy with the life I've lived. And Paul's saying, actually, if this is not true, then you should be pitied. Why? Because if you're truly living the life that Jesus had for you, it's a life that is foundationally around Jesus. It is marked by generosity. It is marked by holiness. It is marked by service and sacrifice. And if Jesus hasn't risen from the grave, that just validates that you have wasted time and energy and service and money on things that don't matter. Now, that's harsh. That's Paul. I didn't say this, friends, so don't take it out with me. Paul says, if it's not true, you should be pitied. If Christ didn't raise from the dead, people should pity us. But he goes on to say in the very next verse, he says this, but Christ did. In fact, if you read 1 Corinthians 15, he starts out by saying, and naming people who saw Jesus risen from the grave. In fact, he says there's over 500 people, and they were alive at the time this was written. So he's saying to them, go and ask them. They'll tell you. We saw Jesus crucified, and, man, three days later, like, he was alive. You don't forget those things. They, they'll tell you that. In fact, the evidence historically is overwhelming how reliable it is, the validity of it. Validity of it. Sorry, there's a lot of talking this weekend. And, and I know that if you're skeptical, because, you know, I'm a person that probably experienced God head to the heart first. But I've met a lot of people who are skeptical and they never do any of the hard work of discovering what's truth. So I realize that they're not skeptical. They're actually just don't want to change. I, I, I'd encourage you, if you do, there's a great book. You can buy it on Amazon for $3.69 or, or one coffee at Starbucks, Right. You know, $3.69, it's called The Case for Easter by Lee Strobel. And he's a journalist who actually began to study the history. He was an atheist. And after studying the history, he became a Christian because he realized it was overwhelming how reliable it was that Jesus, in fact, in the historical accounts, actually rose from the grave. It's incredible. So I, I, I don't have time to unpack that all this morning. But I would encourage you, if you truly have questions, you should investigate it. You should investigate it. Christ has indeed risen from the grave, Paul says. And if that's the case, friends, then we do have purpose. We do have purpose. Look at the last verse in chapter 15. Sorry, I got to go the other way. The last verse in chapter 15 First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Paul wraps up this great chapter and he says, Therefore be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Friends, if you're in Christ because of Easter, nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Ever useless. Never. You always have purpose. And because Jesus has set you free, you have Grace. You have a grace that when your sin might abound, grace abounds all the more and grace actually sets you free from your sin. Look at verse 57. Paul says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory over sin through our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody should say, hmm, that's good. Not just that, he gives us hope. This is my favorite verse in the chapter. Verse 55. He says this. Paul says, O death, where's your victory? O death, Where is your sting? There's this hope, even when death is facing us. You know, I've learned something. I've been pastoring for 23 years. Started when I was two, and and during that time frame, I've noticed things that are true of people. I've noticed that Christians, when they lose someone they love, they grieve. And that's appropriate. I've noticed that people who are not Christians, when they lose someone they love, they grieve. But I'll tell you this, I have noticed that people who are Christians, I mean, not just by name, not religiously, but truly Christians, they grieve differently, friends. They grieve as if the last chapter has not been written. They grieve like this is a temporary momentary pause, but someday there will be a reunion. They grieve differently. They do. Because there's this hope that's there. Look what the message version says it even better. Listen to what it says here. Because Paul trash talks death here. Here's what he says Death is swallowed in triumphant life. Who gets the last word, O oh death? O oh death, who's afraid of you now? Don't you love it? He's talking smack to death. He's trash talking death. He's saying, Yeah, death, who's afraid of you now? Why can he say that? Because death, because of Easter, Death was defeated. Death was defeated. Now we have hope. This is what I love about Easter. This is why I get so excited every time we can gather and remember this moment because I'm reminded in this moment that my purpose, the grace I experienced, and the hope I have, it's been sealed by Easter. Nobody can take any of that away from me. Nobody can take any of that away from me. Without hope or without purpose in your life, and you might be there, You might work very hard. You might do a lot of things that seem to matter on the surface, but you know they're not going to last. You lack a purpose in your life. Some of us have this underlining guilt or shame in our lives for things we've done or things that have even been done to us because we lack God's grace. We're not living with grace. Uh, Or you're living without hope. You're living with a sense of maybe disappointment with life. I don't know if you've ever reached the stage in life where you're just like a little disappointed that it wasn't better than you thought it was going to be. And there's this disillusionment that happens in life because we put all our eggs in a basket that they were never meant to put in. The resurrection of Jesus offers us grace, purpose, and hope. And here's the beautiful thing: Easter seals it. Easter seals things that cannot be taken away from me nobody can take your purpose away from you i don't care if you're in a wheelchair or in the executive chair if you're at elementary school or you're in an elderly care home whatever you do for the lord is never useless you always have purpose you're always on mission there's always something you're doing for god that can make a difference in people's lives you know when it when it comes to grace in your life because of jesus Grace cannot be de- deleted. Your addiction cannot delete grace. Your Adultery cannot delete grace. Anger cannot delete grace. Lust cannot delete grace. Your gossip cannot delete grace. Envy, jealousy, they cannot delete grace. These things that make us small and make us live small lives. Grace abounds even more because of Easter. Your hope cannot be deleted. Man, I, If ever our world needed some of this, it's now. But you think about this. Your disease cannot delete hope. The diagnosis cannot delete hope. Addiction cannot delete hope. Abuse that you've experienced cannot delete hope. It's been sealed. Even death cannot delete hope. It's been secured by Jesus for you. So, I loved. I would have loved to have been there. I would have loved to have had a stool right beside Jesus. I know this sounds morbid, <laughs> but after you've been laid in the grave, because I would have loved been there, and loved to have been there in that moment when he breathed first, and he rose up and he shook the grave clothes off. And I imagine—I don't know how you imagine it—but I imagine him getting up. From where they laid his dead body, his bruised and broken body, walking to the opening of that tomb with a finger swishing aside that tombstone. He walks out into the sunshine. And it says in the biblical account that the women were the first to find him and his disciples followed after. I love him. One of the narratives, it says, who are you looking for? They were looking for someone that was dead. And Jesus uh, basically says, uh, you're looking in the wrong place. But Jesus, aren't we in a graveyard? But See, wherever he goes,
1: life goes. I
0: mean, I would have loved to have been in that moment when I saw him. And here's the neat thing, though. Because of Easter, he's here today. It says in the Bible that whenever we gather in his name, that he's here. I love that because we have a chance to honor him today. We have a special guest in the room today. Now if you don't know Christ and, or maybe you've experienced a lot of religion in your life but you've never been in a relationship with Jesus sometimes these words you hear from a guy up front with no hair sounds like just silliness. But I know everyone in this room who's experienced it you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because something jumps in your spirit. When you sing about the fact that he is no longer dead that all the sin and ugliness in Jonathan Smith's life has been forgiven that there's been a transformation, not perfection yet, not until we see Him someday, but there's been a transformation that I could never have orchestrated myself. God did it in my life. God gave me peace when my sins wouldn't let me go. God gave me a clear conscience when I did not deserve it, friends. I did not deserve it. God steadied me when I was shook. God loved me when, you know, as men, we're not, we're not, taught to show that we need that but i needed it and god loved me when i needed it god cherished being with me and i don't understand this to this day but through the gift of his son jesus every one of us in this room have access to him so here's what i want to invite you to do we're going to pray and at the end of this i'm going to invite you to stand And sing, and we're going to sing a couple of songs in conclusion. Some of you are not singers. Some of you are not musicians. Some of you, because you come from a different kind of vein of Christianity, you think it's a little too exuberant. And that's okay. Maybe it is. I don't know. But all I know is if Jesus was in the room right now, I don't know if I could keep you seated. I don't know if I could keep you from opening your voice and if you can't use somebody say but pastor you never heard me sing i sing terrible don't worry no one's listening to you <laughs> just one person and he loves your voice let's pray friends if you're in christ i'd invite you to pray this with me if you don't know jesus but you'd like to I invite you to pray this with me on this easter sunday let's just ask a fresh and anew and give thanks for the gift of jesus today father we thank you for your son jesus And Jesus, I thank you personally. Say that, friends. That you are willing to die for my sins. Somebody had to pay. But when they came pounding at the door, you answered instead of me. And they dragged you off instead of me. And they nailed you instead of me. So that my sin could be forgiven. I give thanks for your death today. But God, I rejoice in your resurrection. I rejoice in the fact that the grave could not hold you. I rejoice in the fact that the weight of the sins of all humanity could not crush you. I, give, I rejoice in the fact that, that that grave could not keep you in its grips. But instead, God, over 2,000 years ago, you broke forever the hold of death and sin over our lives. And to this day, we know now in our hearts you cannot kill a Christian. Not a true Christian, because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And we are forever in you, and we rejoice in that today. Jesus, you are good, you are great, you are awesome, you're the creator of the universe, and you are the risen king, and we rejoice in you today. I'd invite you to stand, friends. We're going to sing a couple of songs. I'm going to invite you, you know, if you're not comfortable, that's all right. The words will be on the screen. But if you can manage to utter a syllable, sing with some gusto this morning. Sing like you mean it. That God is your foundation and your source. And we'll wrap up our service in a moment.
2: Savior, I believe, I believe, I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one, I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise. Dressed in as Holy Spirit, our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise.
1: Well, happy Easter, everyone. You all look so good standing up. You look like a, an army. You should turn to your neighbor and say, you look good today. Just a couple of announcements before you, you exit uh, for the day. This is a very full house, okay? There's 515 seats, but we counted 581 people. So there's people standing all over the place. It's going to take a little while for you to exit, so let me give you some instructions, okay? Those of you who parked at the Forum downstairs, you'll want to listen. Uh, We have a system here where you can get out for free. So you take the ticket that they gave you at the gate, and then you go to our little desk right out front, and they'll give you another ticket. Drive right up to the exit gate, put the first ticket in that the Forum gave you. It'll say you owe $6, take the second ticket and it'll say you're paid in full $0 and the gate will go up and out you go okay but you need that ticket and you got to do it that way do it at the gate some people really like giving on Easter Sunday but you came late you came after the offering but it's important to you you can use the machine out in the foyer we've got one you can even do it on your smartphone Message the word give to 6120700. It's in the flyer that you got about Reimagine, and you can give that way. If you have kids, don't forget them, they're downstairs waiting for you. God bless you. Happy Easter!